Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. He's got the Rona. It finally caught up with him. Yeah, he's, he's sure doing did. okay. Got a bit of a fever. Got the cough going on. Got the loss of uh, uh, smell and taste and whatnot. But I think he's on the downward slope of this thing right now. Yeah, I talked to him for a little bit yesterday, yeah. just for a couple of seconds. I was in a, my, you know, my suit I had on when I wore him. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, you got to have the hazmat Plastic suit. from head to toe. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Joe Biden, he's overseas. He met with uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping today. And he did that thing again where he said, well, I've got a list of four people that I'm supposed to call on and uh, everybody to keep it to one question. And, you know, that it's that weird thing. And Jamie pointed this out last week that we're just used to it at this point, that the president goes out there and says that he doesn't get to make decisions on his own. Right. Like he's in the old folks home or something. Well, yeah, I mean, Nurse Ratchet said I could only take four questions today. <laughs> now, he did actually take another question. I think it was from NBC News's Peter Alexander, who asked about domestic politics, not not keeping on topic with what's going on in China, um, and uh, decided to ask about Roe v. Wade, because, you know, abortion is very precious to the media and to a lot of leftists. So yeah. what do you think, now that it looks like, Republicans are going to take the House. Uh, we know Democrats are going to take the Senate. So, I mean, obviously, it doesn't look like anything on abortion is going to get done. And, and the president spoke to that. And again, part of the reason why I play this is, is more for the bizarre nature of the fact that he doesn't get to decide what he does and what he doesn't do. This is so weird to me. So he's asked about this. And, I don't uh, think they can expect much of anything other than we're going to maintain our positions. I'm not going to get into more questions. I shouldn't even answer your question. No, no, no I don't think that. I, I, I don't think there's enough votes to codify unless something happens unusual in the House. I think we're going to get very close in the House, but I don't. I think it's going to be very close, but I don't think we're going to make it. Thank All right. Thank you. I'm just wondering, is it too much to ask somebody to, to, you know, I don't know, ask the president who tells him he can't take questions? You know, that's a great question. I don't know. Because that that's very odd. I mean, it's one yeah. thing if you're out there in sort of in a jovial manner, right. you know, you, you this boisterous manner of like, well, I got other things to do, so I can't take that many questions. Sorry, but I'll field a few if you want. But it, it's always somebody has told him you can't answer these questions. Mm -hmm. You can't talk. And I wonder if anyone will ever really ask and drill down and try to find out who is the one that's saying don't, and then why? Why? Yeah, because there, there is. There's like 27 Geppettos standing right. around. <laughs> right. Well, you yeah. Some, I mean, yeah. It's Kareem Jean-Pierre's over there with the long hook <laughs> right. to like I know, pull him just, off the stage. Right, you the know? stage. It's, yeah. It is really something. Yeah. Meanwhile, well, I, but mean, I thought he did a good job with the names. I don't think he booted any names. Well, There's there a struggle bus on a couple of them. Yeah, he had a moment where he said he couldn't read the writing. Right. He sort yeah. of he paused for a few seconds. And are and, these handwritten? I I guess so. I'm not sure. I guess sure. it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So weird. So okay. anyway, uh, on the topic of China, he had the meeting with Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping, and he was asked what the tone of the Chinese president was 
Um, and I, I mean, again, we've talked about this before. Whenever the president is off the teleprompter, even sometimes when he's on the teleprompter, but I just I get nervous. I get physically anxious waiting for him to answer a question because I don't know uh-huh. what he's actually going to say. Uh, and I don't know if it, if he's gonna like what like just poop his pants and say I smell toast and then fall over, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like constantly waiting for him to start bleeding from the eyes again. Yeah. Well, again, again, because he did that during a uh, during a debate uh, when he was running for president. Anyway, uh, what was the tone of President Xi Jinping of China? Did you find him personally to be more confrontational or more conciliatory and willing to compromise? Neither and yes. I, yes, I didn't find him more confrontational or more conciliatory. I found him the way he's always been, direct and straightforward. And uh, do I think he's willing to compromise on various issues? Yes. I think he understands that. Uh, look, I, I think... How can I say this tactfully? Oh boy! Hold um, on, here we go. I think the uh, I think the election held in the United States was still leaves a little bit uncertain. Uh, has sent a very strong message around the world that the United States is ready to play. The United States is uh, you know, the Republicans who survived, along with the Democrats. Uh, are of the view that uh, we're going to stay fully engaged in the world and that we, in fact, uh, know what we're about. Uh, and so I, I, I don't get any sense that there's a more or less confrontation. Ex- explain to me what one I had have to no do clue. What, 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 I don't even know what that meant. What did any of that mean? <laughs> I, I honestly, that is a Kamala Harris playbook. That's right out of her book. <laughs> right. Well, I, I do wonder, it's circular though, firing squad stuff. Yes. Now I do wonder if Kamala Harris isn't mimicking Joe Biden. She's trying that. You know, it's like it's like Old Spice, but senility. She's just sort of spraying it on every now and again to try to sound like Joe, because after all, he's the president now. Well, he didn't sell it as well as she does. That's true. Or he didn't overact it as well as she well, does. He didn't talk about the significance of the passage of time. But I'm not really <laughs> sure what losing the House of Representatives and barely clinging on to the Senate, not to mention a lot of changes up and down the ballot in different states that didn't go mm-hmm. Democrats' way. I'm not sure what that has to do with whether or not Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping is more confrontational. Right. I, I don't have any idea. If we didn't lose that congressional seat in Alaska, well, I could have worked something out here. But yeah, right. I, I don't, I was honest to God, I don't know. No, I don't know. I but, don't know what that meant. And then... Yeah, turning to the midterms and the fallout of the midterms, uh, we've got a statement from election denier and conspiracy theorist Jamie Raskin. He's one of the Democrats on that dumb January 6th committee. And I don't say that to be flippant. He is an election denier. He is a conspiracy theorist. Just look up his old clips talking about the 2000 election. Oh, yeah. Talking about 04. Talking about 2016, definitely. I mean, this guy actually did object to the certification of the votes when Donald yes. Trump was was elected president. So, yeah, but but of course, this election denier uh, feels comfortable calling out uh, his enemies that he describes as election deniers because, well, media is never going to ask him about the fact that he is an election denier. Uh, and he says Donald Trump's next gig could be filling the role as the Speaker of the House. And he could do that. I, this gets floated out there occasionally. That Donald Trump, because you don't have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be the Speaker of the House. Golly. So, not legally. So, 
Uh, he was on Face the Nation yesterday, and the host, Margaret Brennan, I left the questioning in here because I think it's hilarious how panicked she sounds. She's panicked that there might be some election deniers going to Congress, and this is where Jamie Raskin floats the theory that Donald Trump will be House Speaker Trump. Thank you very much, sir. CBS tallied it, and at least 155 House Republicans in the new Congress have raised unfounded doubts about the validity or integrity of the 2020 election. These are going to be your colleagues that you will be working with. Yeah, yeah, how dare anybody raise questions about how an unprecedented election was managed? She says these are going to be your colleagues. How, How do you work with them? You know, they're they're positioning this thing, and I thought about it over the weekend. They, meaning the liberals, are positioning this thing as such that you will never be allowed to question the integrity of another election again the rest of your life. Right. Unless, of course, you're a, a communist or an anarchist or whatever. Yeah. They will. You have been labeled now. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens, no matter how long it takes, Arizona... No, no matter the outcome, based on polling ahead of time, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. If it's a close election recount, well, you're a denier. Yes. This, this is where we are. They, they don't want to allow you to even object to anything anymore because you'll be lumped into election denier. That's, that's where you'll go. Yep. And they'll call you out as crazy, and that's the end of that. No that, more conversation. No more. Shut roll. up. So uh, anyway, here's here's Jamie Raskin. What change is that going to affect in the work you do? Well, that's a statement about the political contamination of the GOP by Donald Trump. But these Uh, 155 House Republicans are his constituency. Kevin McCarthy, if he wants to be leader, will need to consider. Yes. Well, it's a real problem for Kevin McCarthy now because um, there are certain uh, pro-Trumpists within his House caucus who refuse to accept that he's really with Trump and they want to get rid of McCarthy. And one potential candidate uh, whose name has been floated is Donald Trump himself, because the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House. And they are talking about putting Trump right there. That's not a real option now. Well, they talk about it repeatedly. (laughs) Who? Who is talking about it? I mean, I've heard that again. I've heard that floated a few times. I think maybe a couple years ago, Matt Gaetz did. Like he threw it out there. I'm not... can't remember, so don't hold me to that. I, I uh-huh. for whatever reason, that's just stuck in my memory banks that he was one that floated that out there. Um, that being said, every time that has been brought up, it just seems very, very unlikely. That being said, Trump has yeah. a big announcement coming up tomorrow. God, can you imagine that? Is he throwing his hat into the ring in the House Speakership? Because then he might, you know either wield the gavel, of course, in the House of Representatives or try to orchestrate an impeachment of Joe Biden and then become president as he ticks off his enemies. They're going to be they broken minds all over the place. Right, that they, happened. They can't. He couldn't do it because the, the Senate, which would have to convict, is is run by the Democrats. But, you know, you, you start to game out these theories. And I, yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think he probably is going to announce he's running for president tomorrow. Uh, but you know, it's fun to game out the theories every now and again, especially when a noted successful conspiracy theorist like Jamie Raskin throws out an idea. Uh, coming up, maybe he's going to plug the new Kanye CD. (laughs) Coming up, I really (laughs) featuring Donald Trump. Trump, I I want to talk about 
Dave Chappelle, something he said about yeah. Donald Trump that is spot on. We'll get yep. to that next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. He's got the Rona. Ugh. Yes, he does. Yeah, he'll 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 be fine. He got, he be... got hit pretty good, man. He got whacked pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Gets winded going up and down the staircase, and yep. you know, I, I I know that game. So he'll be back in the next few days, sometime whenever it clears up. I don't uh, really have an excuse. It just. <laughs> I don't have Rona, but I get winded going. Okay, never mind. So Dave Chappelle was on Saturday Night Live, and a lot of people are praising him, and and the usual suspects are are dismissing him or hating him, and um, part of it's because he's just a comedian who likes to push boundaries. And one of the things he does very very well is storytelling, not yep. just jokes, but explaining things in a way that makes you laugh, but also really does, as, as cliche as the phrase is, makes you think. Now, the interesting thing about this clip, and you'll notice when you hear it, I don't think the audience quite knows what to do. Right. And, and then they kind of look at each other, and they realize it's okay to laugh. Yeah. And then they sort of join in. It's really weird yeah. because SNL is so far to the right or to the left yeah. that, generally speaking, you never hear anything like this. Yeah. And they just don't know what to do. At right. first. And, and, you know, there weren't, there weren't there a bunch of writers that were going to leave and do all that, too? That's, that's what they said. I, wonder I don't how think much any of that, that even was, happened. I no. wonder how much of that was just ginned up controversy. Anyway, yep. uh, Dave Chappelle talked a little bit about uh, Trump and yeah. why Trump voters and many voters are so attached to him. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we've talked about for years. I know even though a lot of us are disappointed in the way that he's handled himself, yeah. especially yeah. in the last week or so. But... You know, it's it's the reminder, and I think, like you said, it's funny because a lot of this audience had never even considered it. No, they hadn't, and they, they don't know what to do. never really yeah. considered why people voted for, why they supported Donald Trump. You could even say warts and all. And here he is. He's what I call an honest liar. Well, I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate... That first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs, this whole system is rigged, he said. <laughs> and across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. It's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if in fact the system is rigged, as he suggests, what would be your evidence? You remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, damn. <laughs> and then he pulled out an Illuminati membership card, chopped a line of cocaine up, and put it right into the party. No one ever heard someone say something that true. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. <laughs> and then he said, if you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't, because your friends and your donors enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. 
And with that, my friends, a star was born. <laughs> no one had ever seen anything like that. No one had ever seen somebody come from inside of that house, outside and tell all the commoners, we are doing everything that you think we are doing. <laughs> inside of that house. They just went right back in the house and started playing the game again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. The uncomfortable yep. audience reaction oh, yeah. is, is what really sells it for me because I'm getting flashbacks to shows that we did in 2016. Like, specifically after that debate when everybody was saying, well, he's saying that not paying his taxes makes him smart. Well, yeah, yeah, that's it why does. <laughs> That's why there are entire industries devoted to helping people pay the least amount in taxes as possible. I mean, people actually go to years and years of school to learn how to get people out of paying taxes. Guys like Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr see the world yeah. as it is. And they're not afraid of the ridiculousness of, yeah. of it all and pointing it out. That's what they do. Yeah. That's why people like this guy. And, and I, 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 I watched him last night. I thought, my gosh, that's spot on. That is yeah. spot on. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we were talking about years ago and have talked about years since. And it's funny to see a liberal audience with a guy that they still trust, despite all oh, the yeah. hysteria yeah. over the trans jokes and whatnot. Right. But a lot of people still do trust Dave Chappelle as a, as a, as a liberal luminary. And when he says something like that, they actually have to think, oh, this is why people like Donald Trump. This is why people would vote for him. This is, oh, maybe, maybe my crazy uncle at Thanksgiving actually isn't a Nazi. Hmm. Right. That's what I appreciate about a guy yep. like Dave Chappelle is politics don't align with mine, generally speaking. But I, I do appreciate that he's willing to hold up the mirror to everybody, regardless Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, of, of political persuasion, regardless of whether or not it's the, you know, the PC thing to say or not, right? Or the acceptable thing to say or not. He, he does that very, very well. well he's fearless. He's yeah. absolutely and, fearless. And, and to me, that exact statement about mm -hmm. Trump is one of the reasons why in the aftermath of the midterm elections, when he's, you know, going after Glenn Youngkin, he's going after DeSantis, he's going after all these people. It's one of the reasons why I get so frustrated because when Trump is on task, he's better than anybody in the game. Better. Period. But he allows himself to get off task so right. easily. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's there's the rub, right? Those, you know, you take the good and the bad with the Donald, and, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, uh, we got a news update on the way. CNN is whining that Twitter is getting confusing. Ah! Get to that next. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. He's got the Rona. Rona! He'll be back in the next few days. Uh, man, tragedy at the University of Virginia. Oh, geez. Last night, a uh, student uh, is now in custody after, well, police say he shot three football players and wounded two other people late last night at the school's main campus in Charlottesville. The bus was coming back from a class trip. 
And so the suspect, Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., there was a big manhunt underway, but but he has been taken into custody, and he's facing three charges of second-degree murder, three counts of using a handgun in the commission of a felony. Um, and they have not offered up a uh, a motive just yet. The police have not. But, man, I it, the thing that is crazy about this is, yet again, we're seeing national media struggle to cover this story. And it's sad because while there's been coverage of it, there has been, I would say, a different tone overall in the coverage, and that's because of race. Because the shooter in this case, the suspect in this case, is not a white guy. He's black. And one of the examples that was pointed out to me was that all of these national news outlets, they knew who the suspect was. They didn't show a picture of him. Uh, the only one, at least initially, <laughs> while the manhunt was going, uh, going on, was Fox News. And then I see the Washington Post today. Suspected UVA gunman Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. had had a troubled childhood but then flourished. Okay, these were not mostly peaceful murders. Hmm. Okay? Stop it. Uh, it, it. It is so strange yeah. how different shootings are covered. And it, this is a tragedy, and I know this isn't the main takeaway for the people affected by it. I understand that you could probably care less about this if you were directly affected by it. But when we talk about media coverage in the face of tragedy, these are real things that are obvious to everyone who watches it. So I, I just wish people could get their act together on this whole thing. But, yeah, of course, prayers going out to the oh, families yeah. of the victims, uh, the three dead and two injured. One is in critical, they said. Uh, the other is, is recovering. So we'll yeah well, we'll we'll be keeping an eye on that and updating you on any other further developments there. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the media is very very mad that Twitter is handing out these stupid little blue verification check marks to anyone willing to pay eight dollars. By the way, how did that whole thing start? So the so the, the verification blue check mark thing yeah. So I know I know most people aren't on Twitter, so uh, I think it's funny just because of how crazy this whole thing is making members of the press and some right. people it, in, well, it is, yeah. in Congress. And celebrities, of And course. celebrities yeah. and whatnot. So the, so the blue check was a status symbol for people who had been ultra-verified, basically, by Twitter. Um, and the, the, pro, the complaint that a lot of people had was that they were distributed rather randomly. Right. Like, it really didn't make any sense. There were some accounts that had, like, a million followers and yet couldn't get verified by Twitter and never really got an explanation as to why. Um, and then we find out that it's because people were bribing Twitter to verify them. Because that stupid little blue check was so important to them that they, they needed it and they were willing to shell out thousands of dollars to some Twitter employee to do it. To get a blue check. So for them, this is this is personal, and therefore it's national news. Uh, and so now, what Elon Musk has done since he acquired Twitter is, if you pay eight dollars, <laughs> it's eight dollars a month for Twitter Blue or whatever, and then you wind up getting uh, that blue check verification if you pay the money. So a lot of people then, because it's the internet, have started these fake accounts under celebrities' names. 
and everybody's panicked about it. We talked about Eli Lilly over the, uh, 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 I'm sorry, that was on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, where the pharmaceutical company, somebody started a fake account, got verified, and then said they were going to make insulin free. Right. So, yeah. of course, all the coke fiends on Wall Street saw the tweet, didn't bother to check if it were true, and just sell, sell, sell. You know, you, you see right. this massive drop in the value of the company on Wall Street. And apparently media thinks, well, that's obviously a problem with Twitter and not a problem with us or anybody else actually stopping to take a breath to verify if something we saw on Twitter was true. To me, that's the, that's the most damning thing. Like, you can't take, I don't know, sometimes it's 30 seconds to go see if something was real or not. And well, it's like anything else. Ask yourself the question. Is Eli Lilly really giving away insulin? Right. You, I mean, come on. Let, you know better than let's that. Let's double check that. Hey. Right. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't believe this. Yes. If you're, if you're in the media and you're supposed to be this brave defender of the First Amendment right. and therefore democracy, then, hey, maybe check with some of your sources. Somebody at the CNN newsroom... Ought to have someone at Eli Lilly on speed dial, oh, right? They're, they're, they're following it, too. So. Right. <laughs> Open up the Rolodex and check to see yeah. if it's true. Um, anyway, uh, so they're just admitting they're easily fooled into thinking that fake accounts are real. Here's uh, CNN's Donny O'Sullivan uh, explaining this. And I, I just get a kick out of this audio. Things are getting really messy and really confusing uh, on Twitter right now, Anna. Uh, in the past 24 hours or so, we have seen so many fake accounts pop up pretending to be people, pretending to be very famous people, um, and getting that blue verified check mark. For years, that mark has meant that is the real person. We know this person says who they say they are. So what's been going on? Uh, I want to show you a, a few of the fake accounts that have popped up. Uh, a fake account for Nintendo, uh, the video game company, uh, showed Mario there, their iconic figure, um, giving the finger. We have, <laughs> we have heard it um, uh, because it's, it's offensive, I guess. Um, also, uh, we, have, we, we saw somebody set up a fake um, Donald Trump account. Um, this person, Brian Whelan, saying he was able to verify a fake Donald Trump account in less uh, than two beers, uh, but really just getting at the point there uh, that he was able to do this quite quickly. Um, and finally, just uh, uh, over the past uh, day or so, um, Twitter has uh, given a blue check verified mark uh, to Jesus Christ um, with the handle there, at Jesus. At Jesus, yes. <laughs> but... Uh, Here's what I don't understand, because I, I, I get that it can be confusing. But if you are a media organization, a news organization, fake accounts on Twitter are not new. And in no. fact, a lot of times no. people had fallen for them even without that blue check mark. So maybe this is the best of all possible things to happen with this social media platform, if nothing else, because now media is going to ha- have to actually report and not just have knee-jerk reaction stories to what they saw on Twitter. One of the things that comes to mind immediately is the whole horse-whipping thing that happened at well, the yeah. border last year. Yeah. That was something that somebody on Twitter posted, Border Patrol is whipping Haitian migrants. Nobody was whipping anybody at the border. And yet, because of one photo from one Twitter account, it took off and became such a big thing that the Department of Homeland Security benched the horseback unit in Del Rio and investigated them. It, for almost a year, we're looking into criminal 
potential criminal charges. So maybe this is an opportunity for media to really take a breath and step back and realize that not everything that happens on Twitter is real. And sometimes you actually have to be a reporter, not just a stenographer telling people what happened on social media. Mm -hmm. That's just my two cents there. Meanwhile, uh, the Mexican government is using video of homeless people and open-air drug users in Philadelphia in order to try to scare young people away from drugs. This is where we are right now, where Mexico is putting together PSAs featuring footage from Philadelphia to warn people about the harmful effects of drugs like meth and fentanyl. Now, it, it's a little rich to me because yeah. most of the fentanyl's coming from Mexico. I was just going to say, that's their number one cash crop. Right. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like, hey, maybe maybe you could stop the transport of fentanyl to the United States. Yeah. But, uh, again, we've all seen the videos from different parts of Philadelphia. It's heartbreaking mm-hmm. to see what these people have been reduced to because of a drug addiction. And it's not just fentanyl. I mean, it's it's your other stuff like crack and and meth, but um, now I, I think the PSAs that had been running in Mexico, they did not uh, specifically say this is Philadelphia. It was just here's a here's a scene of chaos and heartbreak and death, uh, and it just happens to be in the United States of America. But anyway, there's your depressing update for the for the for the day here. Um, I I, I just I kind of like this story. I want to get your reaction on this, Scott. Yeah, go ahead. The headline is three incredibly dangerous things you're fast enough to run away from. There, there's a <laughs> there's well, this a, to be good. There's a caveat here, but I guess it's supposed to make you feel good here. So, like number one is spiders. Yeah, even the yeah. you can outrun a spider. It's okay. No, yeah, well, I kill them too. I don't yeah. mess around. Number two is lava, because at most you're talking about six miles per hour. But the I don't know. Not... I mean, Johnny Quest always—that was really a <laughs> problematic when the lava started running. They get ahead true. of it. Yeah. Wow. But it's not the lava that kills you; it's the falling debris that kills you in an, right. in an eruption of a volcano. But it uh, looks like that lava is going to run right over you and burn yeah, you to does. death. You know, yeah. it's a slow creep, though. though. So right, that's yes. But then they say any land animal on Earth. Now you cannot outsprint something like a cheetah, a wolf, or a bear. No. But they say you can outlast them. So if you have a head start, well, I mean, if you've got okay, a cheetah well, yeah. coming at you at 60 miles an hour, I, 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 you better have a pretty good head start then. Yeah. You're not going to outrun it. So I, I think that's a little bit fake news, but that's are from they, they, Does the animal just get gassed chasing you, or does it yeah, get bored? Or I think it's for, both. for hunting. They need the, the, the short sprints. Okay. But apparently we can outrun But if you them. can continue to run. Yes. <laughs> wow. If you can just keep hoofing it, yeah, you'll get away from you know, that bear. That, that would be the twist on all these races they have. <laughs> Give you like a half-mile lead and then release like four cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs> this, year, this year we're doing something special right, with the Boston yeah. Marathon. We're releasing bears. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you'll get a three-quarter mile lead. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the bear, we'll drop the bears out of a tree. Oh, just gosh, like, man. <laughs> They should do that. Instead of running with the bulls, it's running with the bears. Yeah, your little t-shirt will have a bear on it when you get done. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. I outran the bear. Oh, coming up. Uh, oh, yeah. my gosh. Alec Baldwin. You know, he killed a woman. Yeah, I know he did. Uh, he is now suing 
members of the set of that movie to try to clear his name. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. Well, because he's got the Rona. Yeah, that's too bad. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. He'll be fine, by the way. He'll be back in the next few days. Uh, Alec Baldwin. He killed a woman, you know, uh, a little more than a year ago. Yeah, on, on the set of the movie Rust. He shot her. Um, and now he is suing the armorer and other crew members on the set of the movie Rust over the fatal shooting that killed the cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Now, he's alleging in the suit that Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, that's the armorer, and David Halls, an assistant director, acted negligently by handing him the loaded gun that killed Hutchins and announcing it was safe. They said, oh, it's a cold gun. Also named in the suit is Sarah Zachary, who Baldwin alleges failed to disclose that Gutierrez Reed, the armorer, had been acting recklessly offset. Apparently, there are some text messages where they talked about her alcohol use. Uh oh. So Alec Baldwin is now saying, hey, look, I'm not the guy who loaded the gun, okay? I just pointed it at somebody and pulled the trigger. <laughs> All right. So, in, in his professional opinion, uh, it was up to other people around him to do that. Uh, I. I you know, we're still waiting to see whether or not any criminal charges will be filed. I thought we would hear about it by now, but uh, apparently not. The uh, Santa Fe District Attorney was asking for more money from the state of New Mexico, where this case would be heard, um, because that's where they were shooting the movie. So, I, I again, we'll see what happens on that front, but... Uh, I guess if Alec Baldwin is risking a lawsuit at this point and all of the other evidence that may come out, he feels pretty confident here. Even though, I mean, he said that he didn't pull the trigger, Scott, but well, even the FBI has said, well, no, we couldn't get that gun to fire without pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. So, And actually, when they did get it, they hit hit it with a hammer so hard that it actually broke what's called the sear. It's part of the trigger system. Uh It had to break in order to fire it, and now the gun doesn't work at all. So, we'll see. We'll 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 see what happens with all of this. Uh, what do you? How long does this go on? I you I know, mean he's going to be charged. He's been charged criminally, correct? No, he hasn't. Oh, I thought he had been. Already. No, okay. No, no, no. He he settled a. There was a. That's it, right? He settled. Uh, there was okay. a lawsuit that he settled from the family, mm-hmm. um, and then also the movie got hit with a fine from the state of New Mexico from the occupational whatever workplace and safety. Uh, uh, outfit in the state of new mexico so right uh they had to pay a little they had to pay a fine so we'll again we'll see what happens moving forward i get i i thought that they would have had criminal charges if you were ever going to charge him or anybody associated with it because i think somebody was criminally negligent so right. maybe that's not alec baldwin i tend to think yeah he's he's on the hook for it but We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Um, there is, <laughs> researchers in Australia have come up with something, Scott. Uh, they are testing a new birth control option for men. It's called a uh, temporary vasectomy. And so how this works 
Okay. Is they inject gel directly into the holder? <laughs> the... Yes. Oh no! no. <laughs> directly into the old family jewels. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. So the gel apparently goes in there and blocks uh, sperm for up to two years. The researchers were worried that they wouldn't get enough volunteers. Really, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. So they posted about it on social media, and hundreds of men wound up applying. They got so many applications, they had to shut it down after just two days. Really? Yeah. So they, they, they Do they know they weren't actually going to be engaged in the process with another woman? Or <laughs> did they think that? Or... So 25 men are part of it. I hear the shot's not too bad. I mean, with all of this, it's just a, it's just a little prick. Things are getting really... Okay. <laughs> this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Rocket No show. bags jokes, no. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. He got the Rona. Starting to feel a little bit better, as I understand it. But uh, yeah, under the weather. He's pretty so. darn sick, man. For yeah, him. he was. Anyway, yeah. it's the yeah. same old story: loss of uh, sense of taste and smell, pounding headache, cough, uh, dizziness, fatigue, well, things like that. Yeah, I mean, we say this, but he really has lost. He lost his taste. 25, 30 years ago. <laughs> you say that just because you loved Winger, okay? As one band. Right. I see this interesting poll from the Texas Republican Party uh, that shows that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is now up 11 points on Donald Trump in a Texas 2024 GOP primary matchup. Uh, it had been... Trump plus 17 just last month. So that is a massive shift. And some people have suggested that there's this like coordinated thing to try to jettison Donald Trump. Maybe I I honestly I don't see it because if they were going to do it they would have done it earlier. You know, they they would have done it in 2015, they would they tried, certainly tried in 2015 and 2016 to to get rid of Donald Trump. So I I do think there is a real reflection of some voters out there, and maybe most voters, who are just kind of like, thanks, Don, thanks for the memories, bye. But right now, as it stands, uh, no one's over 50%, but it's uh, Ron DeSantis, 43%, and Donald Trump, 32%. That's according oh to the polling. You know, that is, a gr- that is a dramatic shift. That is. Dramatic. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know how much of that is... You know, the hand-picked candidates that, that Trump went for in the midterms didn't do so well. Uh, how much of it is sort of just tired of, of hearing about 2020 and saying, okay, let's offer solutions moving forward? Because Georgia did. They did offer solutions. They passed yeah. a bill that was derided as Jim Crow 2.0 and whatnot, except somehow they managed to count all the votes on election night. Weird how that works, huh? 
does. Yeah, I don't know how that works. <laughs> how is it possible to actually count votes in a timely manner? Weird. You know, one thing that's really interesting to me, and, and you know, Bill Clinton was campaigning. I mean, not a lot, but some yeah. towards the end. Barack Obama certainly stuck his nose in it. Um, Trump was certainly out there. You know, the guy who never shows up for anything is George Bush. Yeah. I mean, nobody, I don't know if nobody's asking for his endorsement. Well, yeah, no, I mean, nobody. He, nobody's campaign, he doesn't campaign with anyone. I don't know. It's a weird, it's weird when you see guys like, you know, I mean, Clinton out there still, you know, the huckster that he is. Yeah. And and yet at the same time, I mean, he just, he's just nowhere. It's yeah. like almost, does, I guess maybe he doesn't have any power or influence within the party anymore well, I, I don't know i think he'll pop up occasionally he just doesn't really get the press and he's, he's I, I yeah i think he was one of those guys that in 08 uh he knew even most republicans were kind of done with george w bush and so he just uh-huh. kind of went away yeah he just, you and, know and and he wasn't one of these guys who seems like he needed the spotlight at all yeah. and had no interest in being a kingmaker yeah. or didn't seem to anyway I mean, you're in Texas. I mean, you would see him more than anybody else would, I would think. No, I, I mean, again, he still has people who will who like him, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, in terms I, of out there mounting some sort of like he flew into Ohio to stump for, yeah, I, you know, you just never see that. I, I think for the most part, it is just kind of keep your head down, and yeah. and he's he did his part, and he's gone. And yeah, he'll I mean, pop up occasionally, and that's about it'd it. It'd be nice if they all felt that way. Yeah. Well, if they weren't addicted to the rush of the spotlight. Right, you know? exactly. But, you know, it, it really yeah. it really is something. Yeah. Anyway, just an observation. After we've been talking about the midterms, everybody yeah. going out stumping for everybody, and now you got Michelle Obama making the rounds because there's another freaking book coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and she says that uh, the 2016 election still hurts. Uh, yeah, right. Get over it, man. God. <laughs> Come on. I know. Just, I know. Just let it go. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think that is kind of interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what Trump's reaction oh, to yeah. this type of polling information will be. You know, if at all. You know, I, I had, if at all. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah. He loves him, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so he'll probably say it's fake or something like that. And I, again, I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I was having a conversation with somebody over the weekend. Uh, probably, at least in my personal life, the biggest Trump guy that I know, who still is is all in 2020. It's got to be 2024. It's got to be him. And as we've said before, I think we're all three of us in agreement. If Trump is the nominee, well, yeah, I'm oh, going to yeah. vote for him. I would. I'd vote for Doberman, though. And for, <laughs> I mean, I would. For, yeah. The Doberman sniffs, uh, yeah, sniffs yeah. strangers less than the current president. <laughs> at least at least I'm honest about it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I and and he he made a point, and I, and I totally understand this because I think that's it, this is kind of my gut reaction as well, is that if there is this concerted effort to push Donald Trump out of the spotlight, then it feels one manufactured, and it feels like the establishment, and it feels like liberal media and Democrats have won. Mm-hmm. There is a pride in that that like okay, well you know years of trying to take this guy down. And now what? We're just going to let it happen? So I, I can understand that. And we'll see what any primary looks like on the Republican side. 2024, still two years off. And I know the primary oh, will get underway happen. next yeah. year, in mm-hmm. earnest next year. Um, so anything can happen, and we'll see what happens in the primary. I'm not writing off Trump completely at all. 
but I, so I get the instinct of saying, well, we can't let these people win, and we got to stick with Trump, no matter what. I get well, the early instinct. Voting in, early voting in New York's already started, right? But I, but, yeah. but I disagree with that sentiment, right? Mainly because if it becomes apparent that the Democrats will win, because enough voters were just saying it's got to be Trump or no one, well, that's a problem. You know, it, are you are you interested in a real victory or are you interested in the moral victory? That's that's the question that I have for anybody who says that it's got to be Trump no matter what. Twenty twenty four. I agree. And again, we'll see what happens in the primary. It could be. It's very possible. Ron DeSantis gets under that that big spotlight and he crumbles. I don't know that it'll happen. I don't know what will happen. But. You know, I, I'm certainly keeping an open mind, but I will say it's been really disappointing the last week mm-hmm. or so. And I'm not surprised if there are voters out there saying, OK, it's time for the Trump show to end. Thanks for everything. But bye. Um, anyway, we'll move on from that uh, yeah. a little bit. I <laughs> thought this was kind of interesting. Liberal talk show host Bill Maher gave yes. a little bit of love to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Not that he's going to vote for him if he runs for president, but he was kicking around how DeSantis is going to be a force in national politics because he can fight and he can govern well. And there's a line here that I really love. I don't know if you've heard this yet, Scott, but here we go. I read the don't say gay, which is not the name of the law. They called it the don't say gay law. It could have been called the let's do things in schools the way we did five years ago law. <laughs> it really could. So what I'm saying is he can do both that. But he yes, he he knows how to rile up the base. I agree. He's a politician, but he also can be a normal governor. In other words, after the storm, he can stand with President Biden like a normal governor does, and work with them, and then send some migrants to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> you know, and that's a very powerful thing to have both those elements. I think he's spot on there. Yeah. Uh, but far left Democrat Ro Khanna, he was on the panel and he got very upset at that. Of course no, he did. You can't talk about that. Don DeSantis has no economic vision. Okay, right. He's got no foreign policy vision. So he's going to run on <laughs> picking on transgender what? kids. That's going to be his platform. He's a governor. What's that going what, to do in Youngstown, Ohio? What is a governor's foreign policy and that's position what he's stay supposed a to be? That's why he's not okay, going to be. But, but, okay, but what, what is he's Florida? Florida is not in the U.N. Rokan is a, you know. Right. He does exactly what you would expect him to do. Well, he does what he's told. Right. That that's basically yeah. it. You know, he's he's a good little pup and he'll he'll follow the line most of the time and uh, You gotta make an argument, so there's your argument. Right. He's weak <laughs> on foreign policy. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, right. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen what's going on in the world right now on the Joe Biden? Say, the strength of the Biden administration. I mean, you got the threat of nuclear war from Russia and China. Okay. Yeah, yeah uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, did you see this? UFC boss Dana White is bringing the Power Slap League to TBS starting in January. Oh, God. It's basically Dang. just two people stand toe-to-toe and take turns slapping each slapping other as hard as other. possible. Yeah. Uh, you can either knock your opponent out or win by points. Now, I, I remember this coming up occasionally because people uh, the videos always make the rounds whenever there's a big competition. It's big in Russia. Mm-hmm. Where these dudes will just stand there and they are smacking the crap out of one another. Oh yeah, and personally, I think that's how we need to decide presidents now. On for that, <laughs> they just <laughs> just hit each other over and over again. Are the, do they wear headgear? Not in Russia. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think that's think part of the game, Scott. The ear would that would be the end of your hearing out of that ear. I, I think that's what you. Uh, Gosh, I dang. think that's what you sign up for. And he wants to put this on, huh? The yeah. pay per view thing with okay. Oh, uh, it's going to be on TBS. Oh, starting my in gosh. January, the National Slap League. Holy smokes! <laughs> I love that. Have people vying for franchises now. <laughs> McDonald's. The official yeah. sponsor, sponsor of, slap. <laughs> of slap fights, the power slap. Put him in a put him in a ball pit like they had at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Do it in there. There you go. This is yeah. the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. He's got the Rona. He'll be back in a, a few days, we hope. Yep. Um, he's fine. Not in the hospital or anything like that. It's just, no, he no, said no. it's like a bad flu. Uh, but yeah. he's struggling with it. So anyway, uh, we'll hopefully have him back in the next couple of days. Uh, did you know, Scott, that uh, Arizona's method of counting votes is one of the best in the nation? No, it's not. It's it's certainly not. Who said that? Arizona? <laughs> yeah. Vote counters? Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. Oh, for God's sakes. How does anybody do that with a straight face? Come well, I, she's had a lot of work done. So, I don't know. She well, kinda, that's true. She, she Some parts looks, of her are only like a little 12, bit, 13, 14 years old. Yeah, she, she kind of does look a little bit like a basset hound that got left out in the rain. Oh, uh, she's, yeah. So, uh, so, I don't know what a smile looks like on Andrea Mitchell. No. Um, but anyway, here's what she said as, as we're still waiting for the, the final tally of votes in the state of Arizona. Here's what she had to say. Let's talk about what we've learned from, for instance, what's happened out in Maricopa County, what's left out there in terms of how the vote keeps, you know, coming in. Despite all of what has been said by Donald Trump and other election deniers and now beginning to be also Kelly Ward, who's falling behind about no. uh, you know Katie Bob. It's it's not Kelly Ward. It, she's talking about Carrie Lake. Where that was a Joe Biden right there. Yeah, that really was. Well, How does Carrie Lake and Kelly Ward? Yeah. Whoa. I'm confused. Mixing David. things up a little bit. Uh, she oh. she meant Carrie Lake. For those of you listening in the car and just got it. Did I just hear what I? No, that was a senior moment from from Andrea Mitchell. Jeez. Uh, Hobbs, but. For the governor's race, Maripona, Maricopa County has some of the best vote counting processes because of past problems. Yeah. So because of past problems, obviously, they've got some of the best processes going no, on. No, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah, no, no, they no, don't. No, they don't. You know, I, I read a deep dive over the weekend into what, what really is going on with Maricopa County and why is it taking so long. And there's a lot of different reasons for it. But to summarize it, it's because they they keep passing different methods that just make it more complex at every yeah. turn. So Maricopa County is a huge county, just just to get that out of the way. But apparently you can vote uh, at any location if you live within the county. And that means you've got to have multiple uh, 
ballots available for different school board races and different local issues, depending on where in the county you live, things like that. And so that's why a printer problem would be such a big deal, which we saw in Maricopa County. Right. That there was a printer problem. Um, and so then it's just it just becomes a mess from there because it's kind of like it, it, it's like sorting a gigantic deck of cards uh, with one hand tied behind your back. Or it's kind of like what it, what the comparison I heard is the way different regulations have rolled out over the years because of past problems. Instead of really simplifying it, it wound up becoming more complex and not actually addressing the problem of slow roll returns. Um, so the comparison I heard was like you have a uh, let's say you have a leaky water line in your house. <clears throat> First, you try to cover it up with Gorilla Glue. Well, that didn't work. Then you try to add masking tape on top of it. Well, that didn't work. So then we added duct tape on top of it. Oh, that didn't work. So then you just said, screw it and put a towel underneath and said, well, that's good. That'll work. So it really you're, you're, you didn't actually address the real problems that had been out there years ago uh, in, in Arizona. But instead, you just made it more complex and made it more likely that it takes forever uh, to count the votes. And I would say if you want to really knock down so-called election deniers, then make it cleaner. Well, quit giving everybody a reason to wonder right. what's going on. Right, and then Maricopa Stop County... Stop I mean, you already know that exists. That's why I think they want the narrative. Yeah, and, and officials in uh, Maricopa County did not do themselves any favors over the weekend by getting frustrated and then getting snarky with people. Right, yeah. And, and that just, that doesn't help, okay? You're already looking like a laughingstock. Yes. And maybe that's not fair. Maybe, maybe it is just, okay, because of the regulations, this is how long it'll take to count the votes. But when people already have questions about it, to get snarky with them right. is not the right thing to do. You're, you're, well, you, you make yourself look more guilty. You've gotten this heightened sense of sensitivity out there to fraud. Yeah. I mean, and, and when you start to pull shenanigans like this, of course, that question comes in everyone's mind. Of yeah. course it does. Yeah. I mean, like, what, are the, what are we supposed to think? Like, why, why is it that every other state got this done and states that are much more populated than your state seem to get it done without an issue. Yeah. And, How is that? Yeah. So, and and because there's a complex system that they have in well, place, and you, it sounds like somebody right. needs to come in and simplify it a little bit more. Right, which yeah. would have been Carrie Lake's job if she were to be elected. Well, and I, one of the things that I really get frustrated at, too, is that the same people who are screeching about election denier, deniers and all this conspiracy theorists are the same people who tried to convince Americans and successfully, in many cases, convinced them that Donald Trump was elected because he stole the election with Russia. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, that's, uh, like, y'all don't actually have any moral high ground on this whole conversation. Just clean up your elections and get the votes counted for crying out loud. Absolutely. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Uh, biggest story of the day to me uh, probably has to do with Joe Biden traveling and meeting with Xi Jinping in China and trying to provide some clarity. He said over and over again, w the phrase I know you love to hear, Scott, which is I was clear. No, oh, yeah. Right. And, and Joe Biden is never yeah. clear about anything whatsoever right. because he kept mixing up country names and just was I, I, he's all over the place. I mean, this is the That's, same guy who said that we would send the military to Taiwan. It's always the precursor, though. It's, yeah. The president's been clear. Yeah, right. He's he made this. No, no, he hasn't. He hasn't been clear about not. anything. No. <laughs> we'll get to uh, an update on that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show.
the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment because he's dealing with COVID. Mm. He's yep. out. Yep. He's got it. He yep. finally, he was the last one of us, right? I think, you had yeah, it. yeah, he was. He was the last one on I've the had island. it, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's like father time. I mean, COVID will get all of us eventually. Yeah. <laughs> It's just kind of inevitable, isn't it? Yep. Uh, so. Joe, Joe Biden is overseas. He had a meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping and then was asked to assure the nation that we're not in a Cold War with China. Now, the framing of it, I think it's kind of interesting because, uh, to me, I, it's kind of a dumb question. We already are in a Cold War with with China. Yeah, I, I keep I mean, hearing this, and I'm like, well, what is this then? What? I, I mean, it's every week you're hearing about yeah. certain individuals getting arrested for espionage on behalf of the Chinese government, mostly right. at universities uh, here in the United States. I mean, dude, it, they're, it's on already. We Nobody just wants to say it out loud just yet, it appears. Anyway, uh, the, the president was asked to reassure the nation in these troubled times, and of course he did it in a way that only he can. This guy. This ought to be good. I okay. think the United States is better prepared than any country in the world, economically and politically, to deal with the changing circumstances around the world. And uh, I think that uh, um, I think Xi Jinping is uh, we agreed that we would set up a set of circumstances where on issues that were that we had to further resolve details, we agreed that we would have our chief of staff, our the appropriate cabinet members and others sit and meet with one another to discuss the details of any every issue that we that was raised and we raised a lot of issues there you go <laughs> so what did you the president to... just say god come on stop it david it makes my brain hurt <laughs> you know the one thing is there one glaring thing in your mind that was left out of these conversations well, as uh, with she, at least on the uh, what we know of is the human rights stuff, the actual literal okay. concentration uh, camps. That I, he's I, I'll, I'll go along with that one. And COVID, COVID, not one freaking mention in three and a half hours. Yeah, nothing. Not, nothing. Nah, let bygones be bygones. I know that they lied about. Even if they didn't, you know, let it escape that lab in in Wuhan. Let's yeah. say. For the sake of argument, it was some pangolin who got sick from a bat, and then that wound up in somebody's soup or whatever. Yeah, um, and that's how it—that's ha- how it happened. Even though we can't actually find any evidence that that's true, um, they did lie about it. They did cover it up. But they didn't give anybody a heads up. Not a conversation like, "Hey, Chi, I got, listen, man, I got to get something off my chest here." Yeah. You know this COVID thing. You and I both know where that started, don't you? Yeah. I mean, the, it's 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 unfathomable to me that you can meet with him, have a three and a half hour conversation, and that never comes up. Yeah, hey, what that do, doesn't come up. What are you going to do to make it right? What are you going to do to make this right? Because right? you screwed the, up the world. What was the thing that you're most responsible for that wrecked the world economy? Yeah. What was that? That was you. Yes. We'll start with I'm sorry. That'd be nice. And we'll work from there. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you got it. It at least has to come up in conversation. Mm-hmm. When we talked about, you know, green energy and... Right, of course. It's like, jeez, man. But, you know, Xi Jinping very, very, very worried about climate change. Yeah, yeah, he's terrible. Obviously, yeah. The guy tosses and turns at night. <laughs> Golly. <Right. laughs> 
Uh, speaking of COVID, uh, now, even though Republicans failed to take control of the Senate, there have been some positive results at the state level in Nevada. Uh, former Clark County Sheriff Joe Lombardo flipped the governor's seat red. And have you seen the old clips of him? Because he, he used to be on Cops years ago. Really? Yeah. I don't think I ever knew that. So, okay. Yeah, he's like, right. I think he was around 40, maybe, when okay. he was on Cops. And so people were sharing that because he was ripped. And, yeah, but anyway, it, it, it's been kind of fun watching the old Cops footage that's out there. He was a cop? Yeah, he was a sheriff. Uh, oh, I thought they were dirty. No, and, no, 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 he was paper shack somewhere. <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't the guy at the trailer park. <laughs> okay, no, I just wanted arrested. No, just he, curious. <laughs> at the time, I believe he was a deputy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's interesting to hear how CNN explained this loss because they were just at a loss for words. How is it possible? I mean, we thought everything was going great for Democrats because that's what we've been telling people. This is a sort of bucks the trend of what we have seen in the governor's races uh, since Election Day, which is Democrats have done well. This is not one. This is an incumbent Democrat who has actually uh, been defeated in a state that was hit incredibly hard by COVID because, of course, Las Vegas in particular is so tourist and tourism focused. Right. And uh, one of the challenges going into this, as we've been discussing when it comes to the Senate race, is that the unions, which are a huge part of how Democrats get out the vote, it's a huge part of their constituency, a lot of those workers were hit hard in ways that are hard to define with the numbers. <laughs> the jobs came back, but not the ones that they had before. And so there was a lot of unsatisfaction with how that went in Nevada. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's part of it, certainly, is the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in an area, but it, it's funny that it's like you just had this light bulb moment suddenly that hey, yeah, you know, people didn't like being forced out of work. Yeah, yeah, it's real helpful now. <laughs> and I, no, now I, I, I also disagree with the premise here, where you know the governor's races have all gone uh, one way. I mean, you think about uh, two liberal media stars and one liberal media enemy. Uh, two of them lost, and the enemy won from their perspective. When you look at Beto O'Rourke in Texas, got shellacked. Stacey Abrams got embarrassed again. And Ron DeSantis in Florida won by a huge margin, by like 20 oh, points. Yeah, over another So, So hack. it's like, yeah, that's yeah. been going well for the Democrats. Well, uh, it depends on what state you look at, but not really. Not to mention Ohio, not to mention Maryland. I mean, they, there are, there have been some really bright spots for Republicans in the in this midterms, especially at the state level. I mean, I guess if you're only paying attention to Pennsylvania, you can say that mm-hmm. for the Democrats. But oh, uh, anyway, uh, moving on, uh, the Associated Press had this crazy story, Scott, that trans people being asked to have surgery is torture. Now, now I agree what? that that could be a form of torture, but not for the same reason that they're saying it. They say, they, I'll, just, I'll just read you their framing. Across the world, scores of countries still require transgender people to submit to such surgeries before their genders are legally recognized, a practice international human rights bodies have condemned as torture. Well... Yeah, if you want to change your official documents, you got to right. make some real changes here, okay? Yeah. You can't play dress up and suddenly say, "Yeah, now I need to change my driver's license or my passport." I mean, at that yeah. point, you might as well just say, "Get rid of all of it." What's the point? There's of a, it? Yeah, there's a tradition in this country that if a woman gets married, generally speaking, 
she takes the name of the man she married. Mm-hmm. You can't do that if it's my boyfriend. Right. Oh, I guess you could, but... But, you know, I, but at the same time, I mean, if you are actually changing... This doesn't make any sense. If you're yeah, trying if you're, to, you'd have to change... In order to be a female, you have to be a female. Right. You have to actually commit be, here. Yeah. You can't right. just wear a wig and a, and a sundress right. and suddenly say, okay, now government recognize me as the gender I present as or whatever. Right. And I, I think another, another story that's come out here, of course, after the midterms, as, as people have been talking about... Uh, you know how hateful it is that Republicans want to prevent kids under the age of 18 from having these life-altering surgeries or even hormone therapy. New York Times ran a piece today saying, hey, you know, we don't actually know a lot about what this hormone therapy stuff does to kids. Is it really reversible? This is the New York Times. Yep. Okay. Not the Daily Wire, not Red State, not, not, any, of the, not, not any right-wing outlet here. Uh, and they write, long-awaited research funded by the National Institutes of Health could provide more guidance. In 2015, four prominent American gender clinics were awarded $7 million to examine the effects of puberty blockers and hormone treatment on transgender youth. In explaining their study, the researchers pointed out that the United States had produced no data on the impact or safety of blockers, particularly among transgender patients under 12, under 12, mm-hmm. leaving a gap in evidence for this practice. Seven years later, they have yet to report key outcomes of their work. They got $7 million, and they've been working on this for seven years, and they still can't say definitively, well, you know, uh, especially for under 12, well, we don't really know what these puberty blockers do, which tells me that they're actually looking for a reason to justify continuing the practice sure, instead of actually looking out for confused and depressed kids. And that completely undercuts the argument that you always hear all the time from the, from the activist class. And, well, we know from science that this is really good for the kids. And if you don't like it, then you want kids to kill themselves. No, you're in favor of mangling children for the rest of their lives because you have problems. I, I, I don't understand how no, anybody can look I mean... at this issue and think it's monstrous for somebody to say, no, a 12-year-old should not go on dangerous hormone therapy or treatment where we don't even know if there are any benefits to it. The, the idea is now that the so-called experts are defaulting to, well, we think there is a benefit to this therapy. And everything is geared towards proving that instead of actually looking at the science of it, instead of actually looking at the numbers. And if there's anything negative, they need to quash it immediately. Uh, It it is really sickening. And for a lot of these people, it's just for profit. Because Mm -hmm. they don't, you know, the the companies that provide these these treatments for off-label use, they don't have to go through any testing in order for it. You know, it's not FDA-approved. They don't have to do any of those uh, things because doctors are still going to prescribe them. Yeah. So why would you ever want to run the risk of proving that it's bad for you? You're monkeying around with this stuff, and there is a whole generation coming up now that is going to be changed irreversibly. And if they ever forgive society for allowing that to happen to them, it's better than we deserve. I, I, I just, I cannot imagine how the people who push this on kids sleep at night. 
No, it's a weird thing. We're ha- I, I, I just think it's, it's bizarre and really sick that we are having this conversation. Yeah. That this is something we have to discuss. Yeah. That at the age of 11 years old, you can have this surgery, and I'm not allowed to question it or to give up. You, you know, the thing is, we have, we have to protect people who can't protect themselves. Yeah. That's the job of adults in this country. Whether it's elderly, whether it's children, and in some cases animals, it's our job to defend the defenseless. And this is insanity. You can't do anything at 12 years old that alters the rest of your life legally. Yeah. Nothing. No. What can, what can you do? Right. You, you can't smoke Nothing. until you're 21. But, right. But this is allowed. <laughs> right. This, we're just supposed to go, okay. No. Yeah. No. And if that child feels that way at the adult age, whatever we determine it is, 18, 21, whatever, okay, all right, I can't stop you at that point. You're an adult. You're a grown person. You've got to make up your own mind to do whatever it is you're going to do. Yeah. I might think it's wrong. I may try to stop you. I may suggest alternatives. But at the end of the day, if you're an adult, you, you, guess what you get to do in this country? Screw up. Legally. Yeah. You know, you can screw up. And, and there's, there's nothing anyone can do about it because you have that sort of freedom that happens. But when you're talking about young kids, 12, 13, 14, 11, 10 years old, Mommy, I think I'm a girl. Okay, well, let's go have this, you know. Mm-hmm. This is insanity that we're even having this conversation. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah. I, I it, it's, And it's, I get lectured to all the time. Well, now you just, children will kill themselves and they'll die. And, you know, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't ever ask them to follow up with real numbers on that and never ask them about how many people did transition and then wound, on, wound, wound up committing suicide anyway. Yes. I mean, that's, that's the ugly truth, is that if you go straight to a medical intervention for something like this that's, a, that's so radical, yeah. then you're doing more harm than good. And you'd be better off just trying to work out whatever issues your kid is going through. But so many times right. people just want to take the easy way out. They want to say, oh, well, I'm doing this now because it's like a, it's like a badge of honor to have a trans kid or something like that. Um, it's disgusting. I know. It's not acceptable. All right. On, on a lighter note, I guess you could say it's a lighter note here. I just wanted to share this with you. Uh, Elon Musk is like public enemy number one, apparently, because now he owns Twitter. Ed Markey, socialist uh, senator, uh, said a Washington Post reporter was able to create a verified account impersonating me. I'm asking for answers from Elon Musk, who's putting profits over people and his debt over stopping disinformation. Twitter must explain how this happened and how to prevent it from happening again. Elon Musk responded on Twitter, saying, perhaps it's because your real account sounds like a parody. And then he added, not necessarily my style, but I did get a chuckle out of it. And I quote Scott, also, why does your pee-pee have a mask? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so there you go. There's your fourth grade. There's your fourth grade humor for you right there. All right. <laughs> Why does your PP have a mask? <laughs> yes. All right. All right. <laughs> we got a news update on the way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs>
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. He's got COVID. I'll be back in the next couple of days here. Uh, so we are going to start seeing a wave of people trying to justify masking up children for COVID, Scott. Yes. And it's getting more and more desperate every single day. There's a new study. I read about this in uh, in the New York Post. A new study in the New England or published in the New England Journal of Medicine says that mask policies in schools work to contain COVID. Well, we don't actually know that, but the authors say, we believe that universal masking may be especially useful for mitigating effects of structural racism in schools. What? Including potential deepening of educational inequalities or inequities, I should say. Okay. So, I, again, they Help never... Help me understand that, yeah. They never really explain how that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just kind of... I again said we're we're experts. Let's just say that it did something had something to do with racism. <laughs> I, I mean seriously, I have no idea Dude, what that crazy. means. How is that what? <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jamie Markley is out today. He's got the Rona. Rona. He's recovering at home. Uh, he's. Yeah, he fine. borrowed my test strips yesterday. Well, you're. Well, not, he took them. Yeah, yeah. not borrowed. <laughs> well, no, you can't really have them back, can you? <laughs> you don't want his COVID snot on you. Oh, but he sent me a note yesterday. He said, "Hey, uh, were you making that up, or do you actually have a ton of these things?" I said, "Well, I don't know if I have a ton, but I said I got like two boxes of them yeah. if you want them." Yeah. So, I because I had used one earlier in the day and tested negative, because mm-hmm. I was a little freaked out at first, because yeah. he and I were fairly close quarters here. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so he came and got him, and then I felt bad, but I'm like, I should have taken it to him, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I, oh, well. I'm, I'm glad you gave him a discount. You know, it was only 50 bucks, uh, 50 bucks a test, so. Well, that's that not nice. bad, actually. Yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. pretty good. So, yeah, there you yeah. go. Uh, Joe Biden, he's overseas. He uh, had a big meeting with the Chinese President Xi Jinping. Didn't really talk about COVID. That's weird. It seems like that would be something. I can't. I'm so frustrated with that. Yeah. Because I'm like, you have a one-on-one with this guy. They've been lying about COVID from the jump. Mm -hmm. And you don't even bring it up? No. You don't even talk about it? No, why would you? (laughs) The founder of the feast is right there. (laughs) The past is the past. The future is now, Scott. Gee I guess whiz, we're just man. gonna we're just gonna let that one slide, huh? Holy uh, smokes! Here, you know, I, I thought about this before we leave COVID. Just let me say, I am really, really glad the testing processes that took place in this country were not run by Maricopa County. That's well, yeah, because people would still be standing in line like yeah. years later. Yeah, be waiting on that first test. <laughs> yeah, test. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, he talked about uh, different tensions, of course. Whether that involves North Korea, the chubby little nut job there, doing missile test after missile test after missile test, 
uh, whether it was, you know, talking about the tensions with Taiwan, which China sees as a rogue province, not as its own country, and we kind of play along with that uh, sometimes, although Joe Biden has had his uh, senior moments, and we'll have an example of that in just a couple of minutes. Um, you could tell, man, this guy's sharp as a tack, okay? Xi Jinping was quaking in his boots after talking with this guy. <laughs> On a number of these issues, we have put together teams where our national security advisor, secretary of defense, and others are going to be engaging with their counterparts from China to see. And we're not going to be able to work everything out. I'm not suggesting it's going to, this is kumbaya, you know, everybody is going to go away with everything in agreement. But I do not believe there's a need for concern of a, as one of you raised the legitimate question, a new Cold War. And uh, I think that uh, I'll conclude by saying it this way. I want to be clear and be clear with all leaders, but particularly with Xi Jinping, that I mean what I say and I say what I mean. So there's no misunderstanding. That's the biggest concern is I have is a misunderstanding about intentions or actions on each of our parts. Well, yeah, man. Every, every, every time he speaks, the poor translator just has to take another shot of Pepto-Bismol. How do you translate? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what That's the proper exactly. translation in Chinese is that for that. Just blank, blank, blank. But, <laughs> that's just question mark? I, I don't know. Uh, and, and I really think, you know, when it comes to being clear, he needs to start with himself. Because remember that 60 Minutes interview just a few months ago where he says, yeah, we're going to send troops to Taiwan. Would uh-huh. U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes, that seems like that is uh, maybe a source of some confusion here. Yeah. Like Joe Biden's not actually being clear. No. About what? Uh, I, I love hearing from some people whenever we bring that clip up where he's saying, well, no, nothing's changed in U.S. policy when it comes to Taiwan, except he literally said we'd send troops there if China right. invaded. Well, that that's just like the madman theory. That's what some Biden folks will say. He's just keeping everybody on their toes. Which would be believable if it weren't for the fact that he's mispronounced his own name. He's forgotten what position he was running for. He, he called Jake Auchincloss Auchincloss sauce. I mean, the guy, it, would, it works better if the president isn't senile. Because that winds up just being terrifying when you're talking about nuclear-armed countries and well, yeah. the president pledging to send U.S. troops to Taiwan if China were to invade. We're not talking about an advertising agency here. Right, exactly. We're talking about a country, two superpowers. And And you just off the cuff make that remark? Yeah. I mean, and Pelly tried to bail him out a couple of times there. Yeah. Now, are you saying, just so we, I mean, I'm giving you a chance here (laughs) to dig yourself out of this, and you don't take it, because you don't know. Yeah, the whole time he's shaking his head, like, so, Mr. President, uh, Uh, I mean, you don't want to say that. You don't mean that you would send troops to Taiwan, right? You're you're answering the question in the negative, right? You would not send troops to Taiwan, because that's the right answer, Mr. President. No, I would send. Yeah, 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 I would. Okay, all right, then. 
Meanwhile, uh, Michael Beschloss, I, I, I like bringing this guy up on the show now because he is unintentionally the funniest guy on television. Mm-hmm. And the sad part is he advises the president of the United States. He's a historian, and he's the guy who says, like, oh, well, we're actually in 1930s Germany, 1860s America. You know, we're, right. we're at, the, at the brink of civil war or Nazism rising in the United States. So he's talking about the midterms on MSNBC and said, Joe Biden, you know, he, his closing argument on democracy made this better for the Democrats is what he said. You know, because he was one of the guys who said, you need to go out there and say that anybody who doesn't vote for a Democrat is voting for fascism. He's one mm-hmm. of the guys who said that's the effective message that you have to put out there. He was able to see that this could be a turning point, that the country could be teetering between democracy and authoritarianism. In the same way that in 1860, we were teetering between slavery and freedom, or 1940, when Americans were deciding, do we want our next president to fight Adolf Hitler and the imperial Japanese fascists around the world? Biden was able to see that and made a gamble, but the gamble was, if you tell Americans that you can't have a good economy and national security, if you lose your democracy, even in 2022, people will get it. Well, I think the evidence of this week is that people did get it. And another amazing thing, Ali and Alicia, is that look at the last four or five days. There were such predictions of possible violence, election deniers all over the place, chaos. The amazing thing, it's wonderful news, is look how much these past five days have resembled calmer times in American history. Yeah. They were fanning the flames of violence for weeks. The president came out and said that you were a fascist, or at least a semi-fascist, if you weren't voting for Democrats. Right. So you guys whipped up all this hysteria of like a bloodbath in the elections when there was never really evidence that it was going to happen. And now you're taking credit for it? Right. It's like this yeah. thing that didn't happen that we all <laughs> thought would happen. Like, I, I don't know. And I, the thing is, it's easy to laugh at the guy, but I do know people who were literally afraid of violence at their polling location. Oh, sure. Someone was going to yeah. come and shoot them. Yes. And, and like, I know one person, I'm not going to rat him out here, is talking about taking a knife with him when he went to go vote, which you're not supposed to do that. But, um, no. you know, was talking about uh, that because he wanted a way to defend himself in case some Proud Boys showed up or something. And they, it's like, man, you realize how much paranoia that guys like that are putting out into the public consciousness. And then eventually it does become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because well, you got everybody on, you know, everybody walking around with a hair trigger, basically, thinking that something's going to go off. So one little slight, and suddenly all hell breaks loose. Look, man, these guys were greasing the runway for voter fraud in their mind if they lost. Mm-hmm. That's what they were going to claim. They had already set it up, and when oh, it yeah. didn't work, it didn't work that way. Then all of a sudden, it's like, well, it's perfectly fine. Everything was yeah. great. Obviously, yes, everything went great. Yeah, but they were they were stirring it up like that. Like, they're, they're right. You know they're right. Those nuts over there, you know, who knows? Yeah, they're going to show I up. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to keep people from voting. And, you know, oh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. And on a lighter note here, the NFL put on a game in Germany yesterday, Seattle-Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I, don't even, I don't even, you know, I didn't even know it was on. That's how yeah. lame I am with it. I had no <laughs> idea. I forgot. 
Now, I, I thought this was kind of cool. They're, apparently, in Germany, they're big fans of John Denver. They, they started playing Take Me Home Country Roads at the game, and you have 70,000 fans singing along with it. Really? It's crazy. Yeah, here, here's some of the... <laughs> did a little bit of digging into this and apparently that song is hugely popular in Germany because it is one of the most listened to drinking songs during Oktoberfest. I've no kidding. Yeah, I've I've never heard that song and thought I want to get drunk listening to this, but apparently it is cuz everybody can sing along to it, right? And the lyrics aren't all that uh yeah. hard, so if you don't speak English, you can sing along with it pretty well, pretty easily. So, uh it was Pretty interesting. In 2013, the guy who wrote the song for John Denver, Bill Danoff, uh, he performed the song for the annual Day of German Unity uh, that was hosted by the Ger- German embassy in the U.S. Now, there was like 2,500 people that showed up and sang along with the song, and they asked him, hey, why do you think this song is so popular? And he says, well, I have no idea. Because first of all, it's very singable. But so is Call Me Maybe. Maybe Call Me Maybe will be the song 40 years from now. That's a weird thing. I, I never knew that. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's one of the most uh, streamed Spotify or songs on Spotify during Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. I just, I never knew that. Because we don't have that tradition in our country. It's an English-speaking singer every time. Yeah. They're not singing Dare Commissar at the Yankees game. <laughs> right, you know? right. they're, they're not doing that. <laughs> no Rammstein. Well, I mean, no, Rammstein's not. pretty popular. but Her craft work. Yeah. So. <laughs> We're fine, fine, fine after Autobahn. <laughs> I always like that, though, hearing about uh, American music funny, abroad yeah. and what is popular and why it might be popular. Like in Scotland, line dancing and country music is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Oh, it's also true in uh, in some uh, African nations. Like old country music is a huge thing. Isn't there. David Hasselhoff big in Germany too? You know, I never knew if that was true or not. I thought I think he is. I think he's is got he a really? big audience. Yeah. I know they, they made that I'd joke. I prefer this then, to David Hasselhoff song. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know, man. Get into my car was a great song. Okay. Song, fantastic. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. At least it's not Friends in Low Places, right? <laughs> we say that for you. That's a better yeah. drinking song. It, it is. All yeah. right. Uh, Joe Biden asked the question Can China control North Korea? We'll get to his answer and much more coming up. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's out. He's got the Rona. He'll be back in a couple of days. Uh, you know what? If you're frustrated with with the vote counts in Maricopa County, Arizona. Well, like everybody. You know, yeah. they're actually going fast, Scott. I don't know. They are, you, are they? They're going hmm. fast. Yeah. Are they? This is a uh, communications person with Maricopa County. Uh, Megan okay. Gilbertson is her name. 
This is what she had to say. This is fast for Maricopa County. It usually takes us anywhere between 10 and 12 days to complete the count, and we think we're going to be done by the end of this week. We follow the laws as they're written. Um, we have a lot of amazing laws here that allow voters um, different kinds of access and to vote in the ways that work best for them. So we're going to continue to do the work here. We're going to continue to count the ballots, and uh, we're going to continue to provide the results to the public. So saying this is fast for us is, one, not, not a great look here, okay? And they may, listen, again, they may be doing everything by the book. Well, that means that the laws kind of suck then. Mm -hmm. And they should be changed because there's no reason for it to take this long at this point. The other thing is, initially they were saying, like, Thursday they would have the results. And then it was Friday. Friday morning we'll have the results. This and past then, Friday morning. Yeah, and then it was yeah. like, well, you know, Monday. By the weekend, yeah. Yeah, we might have it Monday, yeah. And now mm -hmm. it's by the end of the week. <laughs> Well, quit making promises I, that you can't hold that you can't hold up. And what what is the issue? Well, it, I mean, it, what is the what what are what is going on there that doesn't happen anywhere else? Well, part of it is the messiness of how you can vote. Uh, again, I was reading a deep dive on this over the weekend, where they said basically you can vote uh, anywhere you want in Maricopa County, uh, but that means that they've got to print off individual ballots for you. They got to sort based on where you live in the county. So there's more sorting that gets done by hand than mm -hmm. usual than in a, a lot of other places, I should say, in the United States. Um, and then you've got the free-for-all of drop boxes. And then you had the printer issues. So people were basically using uh, a drop box when they went to go vote in person. And so, you know, it, it's very, very messy. And I think that you got to look at states like Florida, states like Texas, and now Georgia, Mm -hmm. that have kind of gotten this stuff together and gotten it right and and, and yeah. do what they did. Copy them. That should be the standard everywhere. And so, you know, I know that there are a lot of uh, people, especially in former President Trump's camp, who are saying, oh, well, they're stealing the election, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it, it. It looks suspicious, but I have not seen any evidence that says that they are stealing it. And certainly if you have a situation where a lot of people are going to question the outcome of the election, you got to do a better job than this, period. Sorry. Yeah, you do. You have to do a better job and, than and, this. And I you agree. certainly can't be snarky the way that uh, nope. officials in Maricopa County were over the weekend. You're not doing yourself any favors on that front. But I think, to me, the path forward is not whining about, you know, your theory that an election was stolen. It's get this stuff cleaned up. Do what Florida did. Do what Georgia did. Do what Texas did. You know, go go and actually secure these elections and make it so that, unless it's razor thin margin, we kind of know in the first week. After you know, you 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 really should know. I'll give you a couple of days. I'll spot you. I'll spot you till the end of the week. But when you're talking about going on and on and on and not knowing when you can actually finish counting votes something that every other state seems to be able to do at least somewhat well well california may be the exception well there, there was yeah. no hard and fast i mean day either right so. you got to no, change but, it this yeah. is the mark lee van camp and robin show uh biggest story of the day i mean there are a lot popping uh joe biden visiting with the president of, of china xi jinping uh and we'll hear a little bit about what he had to say after that meeting they talked for three and a half hours and never really brought up covid so that's interesting 
Uh, also, uh, the House of Representatives is going to go to the Republicans. The Senate is going to the Democrats. So we'll get a couple years of a divided government. Uh, Georgia is still a big uh, question mark because there's the runoff happening in less than a month. And it's not a pointless election because when you're talking about things like the filibuster, Republicans, Herschel Walker has to win that race if you want to make sure that a simple majority can't wreck the entire country. But anyway, we'll get into those details and your big trifecta next. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. He's got the Rona. He'll be back in a couple of days, hopefully. Uh, we got your big trifecta coming up soon. Uh, but first, the president, he was uh, traveling abroad and or is traveling abroad, I suppose, uh, had a big meeting with the Chinese president, Xi Jinping. And one of the things he was asked about today during his brief press conference afterward was North Korea, because North Korea, Scott, the chubby little nut job there, keeps launching missiles. Mm-hmm. And they're wondering, okay, exactly how far is he going to take it this time? That's always the question. Is this bluffing, or is he actually going to try something? And then what is China's role in that? After all, China is is a big player with North Korea. Some would say that, I've heard it described as this before, that China looks at North Korea almost as like a single shot gun that they have. Like they could prod North Korea into doing something disastrous, like using a nuclear weapon against mm-hmm. South Korea or Japan, and then use that moment to uh, solidify their power in the region. Basically saying, okay, we're going to take over North Korea officially. I don't know if they want to do that, but that's one of the theories is basically they can ingratiate themselves with the rest of the world and say, oh, by the way, we, we own North Korea now and we're going to go ahead and invade Taiwan and we're, we're just going to try to lock down security in the, in the region. I don't, Got it. You know, I, again, who knows? And then the other question is how controllable is Kim Jong-un, the chubby little nut job in North Korea? Uh, and... So Joe Biden was asked about that, and here, again, I know this is going to put your mind at ease because we're talking about nukes flying around here. God. Uh, Here's the president. I've made it clear to uh, President Xi Jinping that I thought they had an obligation to attempt to make it clear to North Korea that they should not engage in long-range nuclear tests. And I made it clear as well that if they did, they, meaning North Korea, that we would have to take certain actions that would be more defensive on, on our behalf, and it would not be directed against North Korea. I mean, excuse me, it would not be directed against China, but it would be to send a clear message to North Korea. We are going to defend our allies as well as American soil and American capacity. And so, uh, but uh, I do not think that uh, it's difficult to determine whether or not. Uh, um, China has the capacity. I'm confident China is not looking for North Korea to engage in further escalatory 
uh, means because I made it clear and I made it clear yep. from the very beginning and, and last year as well that uh, we will do what it needs to defend our capacity to defend ourselves and our allies, South Korea, as well as uh, um, Japan, and that uh, it, it would be we'd be more up in the face of of, of uh, China, but it wouldn't be because of China. It'd be because of what was going on in North Korea. It really is the toddler trying to explain to you yeah. that they saw a squirrel. Yes, it's talking to a little kid on the phone. Go from curtains to the cat to blocks to brothers to you know, it's it's ponderous it's a, man yeah and it really is the more and more because I've now got a toddler she's almost three now and yeah. so she's starting to kind of construct sentences and explain what she's seeing and her imagination is very vivid because she's a kid right and um, a lot of my time playing with her like in the backyard is trying to figure out what she is explaining and where her imagination has gone. Most of the time these days, it involves dinosaurs. Right. But, uh, like, over the weekend, I'm out in the backyard, we're playing, and, of course, it was dinosaurs, dinosaurs, and then all of a sudden she said something that sounded like feta bees. And I didn't, I'm like, what is feta bees? What is that? <laughs> and it took me about 20 minutes to figure it out because she was adamant that we are going to do feta bees. Feta bees. And what it was was feed the bees because we just started reading Winnie the Pooh stories to her. Oh. And so she wanted okay. to go feed the bees. There Got are no it. bees in my backyard, but. Right. Yeah. So then I figured it out. And that's, it's like that. I feel like that, my experience with her is better equipping me to understand what Joe Biden is saying. Because mm-hmm. you just have to be patient, okay? Just have to sit there and just kind of like ask pointed questions and yes or no and just try to work your way through what this person is trying to explain to you it reminds me right it reminds me a little bit of when i i I grew up in in a a small town church i grew up in a very small town and you had a small town church and you had a plethora of of ministers that would go in and out most of the time it was either they were new or they were two years away from retiring and you ended up with them yeah right and it's not like these guys weren't convinced convinced that their message was great and what they're saying wasn't true, but they just didn't know how to do it. So they would take these wondrous, ponderous paths, and all of a sudden you'd look around, you'd see every guy in the pews looking at his watch. Like, is this ever going to end? What is <laughs> what is this? I mean, it's not that you lack the conviction, or, or and, and in Biden's case, I'm sure that he knows what he's saying. Right. You know, but we don't. <laughs> By the time it's out, I've already looked at my watch three times. I have no clue what he just said. <laughs> it's like, all right, no idea. I'm up. like, please, God, all my please, and you just start agreeing. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right, just let's move it along. Let's, let's wrap this up. The Gee Seahawks whiz, kick off man. in ten minutes. All right, let's <laughs> right, go. Right, exactly. <laughs> all right, you ready for your big trifecta, yeah, Scott? Let's roll. All right, it starts off like this. Are you ready? One, two, three. Look at you. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, it's the trifecta. Top three stories of the day, according to one Scott Robbins. Yes, sir. Uh, Listen, I think that uh, Casey Kasem is out. He got the Rona from... Oh, no. uh, From Jamie. Usually he's along for the ride, but he's out today as well. Feeling a little hoarse, all right. All right, we'll start off with number three, though. Uh, the National Education Association, Big Teachers Union, 
That's right. They uh, they stepped in it again, and I don't think they realized that they stepped in it. You got to hear this, and if you're a parent, even if you're not a parent, grandparent, whatever, you got kids around you. I mean, listen to this. This is from the National Education Association, and it's a tweet they sent out. Here's the tweet. Educators love their students and know better than anyone what they need to learn and to thrive. I think they misspelled parents. Yeah. That's incredible, man. (laughs) You're lucky to have me. (laughs) Aren't you kids lucky to have me? And, you know, please keep telling parents that you know better how to raise children than they do. Yeah. Keep it going. School choice is just around the corner. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's happening. I mean, it, it, you know, parents know you you don't get to do that, okay? You get to educate our kids. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And if you if you like the kids, if you care about the kids, that's great. I know a lot yep. of teachers who do care about their the kids. Uh, absolutely. Me too. But they, they aren't your kids, though. They're not your children. And, and parents do actually know in their household how they'd like to raise their kids. And I think that teachers' unions lost our trust when you started masking up every child for the last two years. Oh, yeah, totally. We were done with you at that point. Done. It's the trifecta, top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins, down to number two. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett is in the news. Is this well, because she made a joke about the protesters yes, outside her house? Yes, she did. Yeah. She made a joke about the protesters. Minds are breaking everywhere. A few of the, this was a black tie dinner in Washington, D.C., marking the uh, Union Station, marking the organization's 40th anniversary. It also was the first dinner the Federal Society had had since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Amy Coney Barrett was introduced to the crowd, and she got up and said, thank you. It's really nice to have a lot of noise made that's not protesters outside my house. <laughs> and again, broken brains everywhere. Yeah. Once, she, once she said that, that was it, man. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's easy to get ticked off at these leftist lunatics. Yes. But the thing that gets under their skin so much is when you just point and laugh at them. Oh, yeah. They can't. They're, they're, they struggle with that one. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they can't. That's That's why they get so angry when somebody says, oh, yeah, it doesn't really bother me all that much. Even though technically you're committing a crime, uh, but whatever, you know, we're just going to laugh at you because you're dumb, or tell them to relax. Yeah, they hate that. Calm down, okay? Calm down. Calm down. Relax Take some little. edibles. Gee, all right? What's wrong with fine. you? Yeah. Uh, all right, it's the trifecta. Top three stories of the day, according to one Scott Robbins, and we're down to number one, talking about ratings for the midterm elections. This is interesting. Midterm TV coverage ratings dropped twenty nine percent. Twenty five point four million people watched. In prime time, according to Nielsen, uh, the 8 to 11 coverage, ABC, CBS, NBC, Telemundo, Univision, CNN, CNN, Fox Business, on and on it goes. Uh, out of homes connected to TV viewing, that's was what was included in this. The coverage was down 29%. Now, if you want me to tell you why, I can tell you why. All right. This is like you're watching a TV show and you get the to be continued thing that flashes up. <laughs> yeah. And if I know that going in, I'm not going to watch it. I mean, I know there's going to be at least 10 different outcomes I'll have no knowledge of that night. Yeah. And why am I going to invest all that time listening to these pundits spin when I could be watching something else or sleeping or reading or, I don't know, playing with the kids, talking to the wife, whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, 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 I agree I mean, with that. everything I, is to be continued. Everything is. That's true, yeah. If you know that uh, if you're in a state where it takes forever to count votes, yeah. you're, you're not going to know for a while. Or if you're in a state like Florida, which you knew the outcome pretty quickly, yeah. then 
all right, well, I, I know That's what all I, I need, need to, know, to know, and I'm gone. See ya. Bye. Gotta yeah. go. I, I also wonder if there isn't a bigger thing at play there in that people are just worn out of politics. Well, I can tell you this. Um, I know personally, again, this is all anecdotal, but I know like two or three people who had just given up watching TV for the last like four days before the election. Oh, yeah. Just couldn't take the onslaught anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, I mean, it's back to back. And that's the yeah. thing. It was an ad for somebody and the ad following that was against them. Yeah. I mean, it was back to back. Yeah. That happened all the time. Yeah. It, it can get a little bit silly on there. And I, I don't know because I, the only thing I really watch live TV anymore for is football. Uh-huh. And I don't I see a few political ads, but not nearly what I I mean, like YouTube is unwatchable because I won't oh, pay yeah. for YouTube. And right. um, uh, so, yeah, you get the, the political ads and all that stuff. Well, I saw that dork Beto O'Rourke constantly. <laughs> yeah, well, you're in Texas. Yeah. But the, the uh, last night, for instance, Yellowstone premiered and it was an hour and a half episode, hour and a half long, which was weird. Two and a half, maybe. No, hour and a half. Two and a half, yeah. And so you're watching this thing, right? And they had limited commercial interruption. It was kind of nice. Yeah. Because you paid attention to the commercials. Right. I mean, really, I mean, they were, because it, they just rolled right into them, and you just hardly even noticed them yeah. at some point. And by the way, did you see it last night? A lot of people did. Big show in America last night. Yellowstone? Yellowstone premiere. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. Yeah, I did. Um. I want to say great, but I can't. Uh, it was it was okay. It was I think it's leading up to a lot of different storylines mm-hmm. throughout the year. But uh, Kevin Costner's character was yeah. elected governor of Montana. Okay. So they were going through all the rigmarole. One goes through it when he becomes the governor of a state, mm-hmm. and right up to who he has to pay off and who he has to buy off and who he has to meet with. <laughs> I mean, it was true to life, man. Got to do a lot of stuff there. Yeah, all right. very true to life. Yeah. That's the trifecta top three stories of the day. According to Scott Robbins, we got Nimrods in the news right. coming up and a news update. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's out. He's got the Rona. Wow, Jay Leno. He's yeah, that's a, a weird story. He's reportedly now in a burn center after getting a serious injury to his face while he was working on cars. One yeah, of the cars so erupted into flames. Fire. Yeah, without warning and apparently burned the left side of his face, but it didn't penetrate his eye or his ear. So he's going to be taking some time off to recuperate here. Uh, keep you updated on any, anything that pops out of this one, man. I mean, prayers up to Jay Leno. That's crazy. It is. Yeah, so, it could, it, there's not much to the story yet. No, other than a car How a boom. car just bursts into flames, I, yeah. I don't know. Nah, I'm, I have no idea. Holy cow. Yeah, that's right. crazy. Uh, meanwhile, Amazon is going to be laying off around 10,000 employees. Oops. Yeah, layoffs would represent uh, 3% of Amazon's corporate employees. Uh, so you're looking at you know the guys in the tech field and, and, and the corporate office who are going to be uh, laying off or laid off rather uh, as soon as this week. 
So, yeah, just remember that, what's going on in all of these companies, these major employers, when the White House tells you, well, no no sign of a recession coming because the labor right. market's strong. Yeah. Yeah, the labor market strength has been a big mirage. We've talked about it for months. Um, and this is not going to be good. I mean, well, it's already is, beginning. Yeah. There's no good time to get laid off, but, boy, I'll tell you, right around the holidays like this, yeah. holy smokes. Yeah. That's Jeez. terrible. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, we'll be uh, keeping an eye on that as well. Uh, I do want to just throw this out. Uh, there's an article in the New York Post today that claims that Thanksgiving at a restaurant might be the smart money move because grocery prices are so expensive. So, I, again, I, I think it's a bit of an exaggeration. Um, it just depends on how many people you're going to be feeding. I mean, if it's just you and, and a couple of family members, it might be cheaper to just go to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of my favorite Thanksgivings was uh, I was in uh, living in Mexico, Missouri. And there's a diner there, 54 Diner. I'm not sure if it's still there. Um, but they were open on Thanksgiving Day, and I had nowhere else to be, really. Uh, but my wife, we we were dating at the time, and we didn't live in the same town. She lived a couple hours south in Rolla. Um, but yeah, we met there and had Thanksgiving dinner there at this nice little hometown diner, man. It was great. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. you know, if you don't want to put up the cash for that, just, yeah, go to a diner that's open. Well, my and mom just, and I went out last year to, yeah. to Thanksgiving dinner at a restaurant. Yeah. And just tip well, by the way, that's the thing. Yeah. If you're going out to a, to, to dinner on Thanksgiving, you know, a lot of those workers, they may be missing something with the rest of their family. So just, you know. I mean, Be the generous. downside is you don't get as much in the leftover department. Well, that that's true, but that's the downside. Sometimes, if you host, you just get too many leftovers, and then you're giving away call. turkey. The, the for, good call there too. for days. Yeah. All right, it's time for Nimrods in the news. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, Nimrod's in the news. A guy in Louisiana ran up to his buddy outside of a bar on Friday to give him a big old hug. Didn't realize the guy was in the middle of showing off his cool knife, so their hug Uh-oh. turned into an accidental stabbing. Oh, boy. And the guy was injured. He'll, he'll be okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's not a good thing there. Uh, and then a guy uh, got high on meth, and then, well, he got pulled over for DUI, and it turns out he also had an illegal owl that he had bought at a gas station. At a gas station? <laughs> yeah. 